0: This is Radio Health Journal, I'm Nancy Benson. This week, food safety at your holiday party, why all the precautions in the world go only so far.
1: Double dipping, if someone's sick, and you're eating with them or after them at a party, then you're definitely gonna try to get exposed to that.
0: Double dipping and the five second rule, when Radio Health Journal returns.
2: I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints.
3: Investigative reporting is about something of substantive interest to the community that someone is trying to keep secret. A look at investigative journalism
2: its potential impact, and the investment necessary to do it right. Then...
1: People can take it and turn off the news for a couple of hours. They can read it. It's entertaining.
0: We take a look at two novels that promise to be big hits this winter season. I'm Marty Peterson.
3: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.
2: Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher.
0: Tis the season for holiday parties, and now it's your turn. You've decorated the house just so. You've invited friends, family, all the people you know who are fun to have as guests. You've bought a whole bar full of drinks and made food and snacks that the recipes say are delicious. And it all goes off without a hitch until the next day.
3: We have some organisms that you can get sick within four to six hours. Usually that's a Staphylococcus, and it's actually in food intoxication. In other words, that organism produces a toxin, which is heat-stable, so even cooking will not inactivate it. Whereas some of the other organisms, it could be salmonella or the E. coli or listeria, that may take a week to two weeks before you actually start seeing symptoms.
0: That's Dr. Brian Sheldon, Professor Emeritus of Food Microbiology at North Carolina State University and co-author of the book, Did you just eat that? Sheldon says those kind of cases happen far more than we know. But when people get sick as much as two weeks after your party, they're not likely to connect the two together. So what went wrong? It's likely sloppy food handling in the kitchen.
3: Are they following good food safety practice? In other words, are they washing their hands with a good technique, a good procedure that we talk about in the book? And equally is important, are they practicing good cooking and handling practice in the kitchen? In other words, keeping ready-to-eat foods away from foods that are raw, for example, using a common cutting board where you're cutting up chicken as opposed to cutting up lettuce that you're going to have in a salad and not properly washing that cutting board. In fact, we would recommend they use separate cutting boards for that sort of thing, or at least go through a good sanitizing procedure, and that they're reaching proper cooking temperatures, endpoint temperatures for the food and refrigerating products that need to be refrigerated. We like to recommend that they stay out of that the so-called danger zone. That's about 40 to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. And cold foods need to be under that, and uh, under 40, and hot foods need to be kept and served above 140, depending upon the type of product that you're serving.
0: But even if you're careful in the kitchen, your guests can create a Petri dish of contamination with their actions. For example, they may be a double dipper with chips and salsa. So whatever germs they've got gets spread to everybody else.
1: It's probably not, I wouldn't say dangerous, but again, by a matter of fact, you are transferring oral bacteria from your mouth to the dip. And then if someone needs to dip and there's multiple people multiple times doing that, there's going to be oral bacteria in the common bowl dip if you're sharing that, that you're picking
0: up. That's Sheldon's co-author, Dr. Paul Dawson, professor of food, nutrition, and packaging sciences at Clemson University.
1: The risk would be based on whose immunity level of the people who are eating and then the illness level of the people who are double dipping, so to speak. I guess I go back to, in fact, we know that people get sick, especially during flu season, and it is transferred primarily by our aerosols It gets into our body somehow, and this is one way it it clearly can happen. So maybe danger too strong a word, but there's certainly uh, some risk.
0: But just how much risk is there, really, from double dipping? Dawson says they've studied it, and the scale of contamination sure sounds pretty bad.
1: One study with salsa, there are about a 1,000 bacteria from your mouth going into the dip per milliliter. A milliliter is not very much, so you multiply that by the volume of actual, ends up being the dip, and that's only by one dip or so. It can be, a, I think, a high number, but we exchange oral bacteria pretty much other ways. It's in the air and, and so forth. So, But double dipping, if someone's sick and you're eating with them or after them at a party, then you're definitely going to probably get exposed to that, it's a matter of how your immune system, how strong it is.
0: And then there's the oops moment when you drop your cracker and cheese on the floor. Do you follow the five-second rule, scoop it up quickly, and figure the germs didn't have enough time to contaminate it? Or do you take no chances and toss what you dropped in the trash? Dawson and Sheldon have tested what to do.
3: We tested two different food types on three different surfaces. The foods were the bologna and the bread, and the surface was ceramic tile, wood, and a uh, carpet. And within that five-second time frame, we had anywhere from 100,000 to uh, 10 main organisms that had been transferred, again, almost instantaneously. And so we did see some differences between the type of food. Uh, the product that would have higher moisture content and possibly more fat on it, such as the bologna, would acquire more organisms as opposed to the bread. The bread, since it's porous, has a greater surface area, and only so much of that surface area actually touches this touches the carpeting, the tile, or the wood. So therefore, it requires a- fewer organisms, again, but a fairly significant population is transferred no matter what the surface or what the type of food may be.
0: The type of flooring makes some difference, too. Carpet transfers fewer germs than hard surfaces like wood or tile. But no food or floor can make the five-second rule scientifically correct. So we have to face it food safety is pretty easy to mess up, even when you're trying to do the right thing. Let's say you're at a nice restaurant and you want to heed Sheldon's advice to wash your hands after handling the menu. Even if you do a thorough job, it may all be for naught because of how you dry your hands.
3: In the case of a restroom, when you flush your toilet or the urinal, that you're going to be spreading bacteria, oftentimes fecal bacteria, into the environment by virtue of that flush. And those organisms stay actually airborne for quite some time in these fine water droplets and can then be taken up into the air inlet of the blower and then expelled out through the front of it. And a number of studies done, uh, several of them done in U.K., showed that actually you can spread these organisms a great distance. The higher the air velocity, such as those almost sound like a jet engine, 300 miles per hour, Plus, can propel those organisms over six feet away from the hand dryer.
0: Sheldon says jet hand dryers spread 15 times more germs than paper towels, a magnitude that surprised even him. So sometimes the power of germs can be greater than even the experts imagine. That's why it's never too much trouble to be careful when you're fixing your party foods. You can find out more about Sheldon and Dawson's book, Did You Just Eat That?, through a link on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net. Our studio producer is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson.
2: Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment.
1: When it comes to health, there is one area that can be difficult to talk about, colon health. Yet this critical area of well-being is heavily influenced by lifestyle choices. Research shows that 75% of colon cancer cases can be avoided by individual actions, and diet is one critical factor. Registered dietitian Courtney Romano is a health advisor for the California Table Grape Commission.
0: To promote colon health, experts advise a diet rich in whole plant-based foods and low in red meat, especially processed meat. An easy first step is to consume more vegetables and fruit, including grapes. Fresh grapes have over 1,600 naturally occurring beneficial plant compounds, including antioxidants and other polyphenols. Preliminary research suggests that consuming grapes every day may help support a healthy colon.
1: Maintaining a healthy diet and weight, not smoking, exercising regularly, and getting screened are other important colon health steps. Grapes of all colors, red, green, and black, are part of a healthy diet. Visit GrapesFromCalifornia.com for more information.
2: Holiday travel is often accompanied by lugging heavy bags and suitcases with us. Bone, muscle, and joint strains due to improper handling of heavy luggage is more common than most people think. In fact, last year, more than 85,000 people needed treatment in emergency rooms or clinics for luggage-related injuries. But you can take proper steps to avoid suitcase strain. A few tips from Dr. Sharla Fisher, a spokesperson of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons.
1: It starts with your luggage purchase. By sturdy luggage with wheels and handles, nothing that's too heavy or bulky when empty. Pack lightly. Use a few smaller bags rather than one large one. And use good form when carrying or lifting bags. Stand alongside and bend at the knees, not at the waist. And when placing luggage in an overhead compartment, lift it onto the top of the seat first. Then use both hands, one on each side,
0: to lift it up.
2: Dr. Fisher says the larger your bag, the more the risk of neck, back, and shoulder injuries. For more luggage lifting and carrying tips, visit orthoinfo.org. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.